ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we're going to resume with Kitab al-Tawheed of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullahu ta'ala from where we left off before Ramadan and that is now the chapter Babun min al-shirki al-isti'athatu bighayrillah the chapter that from shirk is seeking protection or refuge in others besides Allah. Somebody want to read that? Qala Masanifu Rahimahullah Babun Minash Shirki and Isti'ada to be Ghailillah. Wakauru Ta'ala وَأَنَّهُ كَانَ رِجَالٌ مِنَ الْإِنْسِ يَعُوذُونَ بِرِجَالٍ مِنَ الْجِنِ الآية عن خولة بنت حكيم رضي الله عنها قالت سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من نزل منزلا فقال أعوذ بكلمات الله تامات من شر ما خلق لم يدره شيء حتى يرتحل من منزله ذلك رواه مسلم So this chapter then, the chapter regarding seeking protection or refuge in others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh al-Fawzan, he says, هَذَا كَالْأَبْوَابِ الَّتِي قَبْلَهُ فِي بَيَانِ أَنْوَاعِ الشِّرْكِ الَّتِي يُمَارِسُهَا بَعْضُ النَّاسِ فِي مُخْتَلَفِ الْأَزْمَانِ وَلَا تُزَالِ Tumaras عِنْدَ كَثِيرٍ مِنَ النَّاسِ He says this chapter is just like the chapters that came before it in clarifying some of the types of shirk that people practice or have practiced during different times in history and they continue to practice it today. There are people who continue to fall into these types of shirk today. So this is the aspect of seeking protection or refuge in others besides Allah. Al-isti'adhatu ma'naha al-i'tisam wal-iltija ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala في دفع المكروه والشرور It is to seek protection and refuge and to resort to Allah to resort to Allah to seek protection and refuge in Allah to remove something that is disliked 
and harmful and evil from you. And it doesn't necessitate that the evil has occurred yet. Al-Isti'adha doesn't necessitate that you are seeking protection and refuge and resorting to Allah from an evil that has already occurred to you. Rather, isti'adha is seeking protection in Allah. And it can be from an evil that you anticipate may occur. An evil that you expect may occur. And it does not necessitate that al-isti'adha is specific to seeking refuge from something that has already occurred. It can be something you expect or anticipate may occur. A harm or an evil you expect or anticipate. And so you seek refuge from that. فَهُوَ نَوْعٌ مِنْ أَنْوَاعِ الْعِبَادَةِ لِأَنَّ دَفْعَ الضَّرَرِ وَدَفْعَ الشُّرُورِ لَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And so this, الْإِسْتِعَاذَةِ Seeking protection and refuge from the evils and the harms. That is an act of worship. Because nobody is able to remove those evils and harms from you, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَكُلُّ مَا لَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُطْلَبُ إِلَّا مِنَ اللَّهِ So anything that no one else is capable of removing except Allah, then you can only seek refuge from those evils from Allah. If no one else is able, has any ability to remove those particular harms or evils, then you can only seek refuge in Allah from those evils and harms. فَإِن طُلِبَ مِنْ غَيْرِهِ كَانَ ذَلِكَ شِرْكًا So now then, an affair of evil or harm that you anticipate or expect, and no one can remove that except Allah, and yet you seek protection and refuge and resort to others besides Allah in removing that harm or evil, then that becomes shirk. That particular harm or evil, nobody can remove it from you except Allah. If you then go to others besides Allah, resort to others, seek refuge and protection in others besides Allah, in an affair that only Allah can remove from you, then you have committed shirk. هَذَا وَجْهُ كَوْنِ that's the understanding of why al-isti'adha, seeking protection and refuge in others besides Allah, is considered shirk. Because an affair of evil or harm that is decreed upon you, such that no one else can remove that from you except Allah, if then you go and seek the removal of that harm, or protection from that harm 
from others besides Allah who have no ability to remove it, then you are committing shirk. So that is why this is considered an act of worship and why it would end up as an act of shirk, seeking it from others besides Allah. وصرف العبادة لغير الله شرك لماذا كانت عبادة So why is it then why is it then that الاستعاذة is an act of worship لأنها طلب دفع الضرر الذي لا يقدر على دفعه إلا الله وطلب ما لا يقدر عليه إلا الله من غير الله شرك because it is seeking to remove some harm that no one can remove except Allah. And so if you seek for some harm to be removed that no one else can remove except Allah, then you seeking it from other than Allah becomes an act of shirk. وَلِأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ أَمَرَ بِالْإِسْتِعَاذَةِ بِهِ دُونَ غَيْرِهِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to seek refuge in Him and to resort to Him and seek protection in Him and not in others besides Him. And there are various ayat in the Qur'an and you will know many of them from Juz Amma, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us the issue of seeking protection and resorting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ أَعُوذُ That's isti'adha. When you say, قُلْ أَعُوذُ Say that I seek protection and refuge. Al-isti'adha, that is it. So this is the command of Allah in many ayat, telling us to seek refuge and to return back to Allah in the removal of any harm, any anticipated uh, uh, harm or evil, any expected harm or evil. So the first ayah, that a Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentions here, Qawlullahi ta'ala, وَأَنَّهُ كَانَ رِجَالٌ مِّنَ الْإِنسِ يَعُوذُونَ بِرِجَالٍ مِّنَ الْجِنِّ فَزَادُوهُمْ رَهَقًا That there were men from the humans seeking protection and refuge in men from the jinn. So they only ended up increasing them in their fear. This particular ayah, the scholars have mentioned some background to it, that in the olden days in Jahiliyyah, when the men, the humans, they would be traveling and when they came across a particular valley, a particular deserted area, a mountainous area, whatever region it may be of that nature, and it was known that the jinn reside in that area, 
then the humans, the men who were traversing through that area, from their fear of the jinn, they would call upon the Sayyid of the jinn, the leader of the jinn in that area. And they would seek isti'adha in him. The leader of the jinn seeking from him safe passage from the rest of the jinn. Seeking from the leader that allow us to pass through without the rest of your jinn harming us. So they would seek isti'adha in the leader of the jinn that he allows them safe passage and the rest of the jinn do not harm them. That's mentioned by some of the scholars as a background to this issue of the men seeking isti'adha from the jinn. Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan says here, هَذِهِ مِنْ جُمْلَةِ الْإِنْتِقَادَاتِ الَّتِ انْتَقَدَهَا الجن الذين استمعوا للقرآن وآمنوا به انتقدوها على قومهم من الجن كما في قوله تعالى في أول السورة قل أوحي إلي أنه استمع نفر من الجن فقالوا إنا سمعنا قرآنا عجبا يهدي إلى الرشد فآمنا به وَلَنْ نُشْرِكَ بِرَبِّنَا أَحَدًا وَبَعْدَمَا نَزَّهُ اللَّهَ عَنِ الشِّرْكِ وَتَبَرَّأُوا مِنْهُ جَعَلُوا يَنْتَقِدُونَ أَقْوَامَهُمْ وَمَا يَفْعَلُونَهُمْ مِمَّا يُخَالِفُ التَّوْحِيدِ Here the Shaykh, he explains one of the explanations regarding this ayah. And there are different explanations of it. One of the explanations of this ayah, is that these men, they used to call upon those jinn for safe passage through those valleys, etc. And those jinn afterwards actually became Muslim. And so they criticized and they found fault with this action that was occurring where the men were seeking refuge in the jinn, and the jinn as a consequence of knowing that the men are afraid of them, they found even more strength in, and, in of themselves to fear or to make the men fear. They knew the men were afraid of them. They knew the men were seeking isti'adha, in their leader for protection from them. That gave them even more boldness. And the men became even more fearful. And that's one of the explanations, فَزَادُوهُمْ رَهَقًا That the men became even more fearful of the jinn when the jinn discovered how fearful the men are of them to begin with. Now the jinn had the upper hand on them. The jinn realized how fearful and weak those men are, seeking protection and safe passage, seeking isti'adha from them and their leader. So it is mentioned that by this act, which is an act of shirk, those men ended up in an even greater degree of fear in reality. When they were actually seeking to reduce their 
fear. They were seeking to reduce it by seeking isti'adha from the leader of the jinn. They were hoping for safe passage. They were hoping to reduce the risk and the fear they were upon and hoping they could pass safely. But by doing that and seeking isti'adha from the jinn, they empowered the jinn even further. And so they, the men, became even weaker and even more fearful. And so that is one of the meanings of فَزَادُوهُمْ رَهَقَا Shaykh Al-Fawzan, he goes on to mention some of uh, the explanation regarding the story. But then he goes on to the actual tafsir here. وَأَنَّهُ كَانَ رِجَالٌ مِّنَ الْإِنسِ الْإِنسِ بَنُوا آدَمْ The humans. There were men from the humans. يَعُوذُونَ بِرِجَالٍ مِّنَ الْجِنِّ They were seeking refuge, protection from the jinn, in men of the jinn. وَالْجِنِّ الْمُرَادُ بِهِمْ عَالَمٌ مِّنْ عَالَمَ الْغَيْبِ the jinn, they are a creation, a world from the unseen to us. They, the jinn, live with us on this earth. And they, just like us, are upon taklif, that the burden of the sharia the responsibility of the sharia and implementing it and obedience to Allah is upon them too, just as it is upon us. That's why you hear the phrase sometimes, الثقلان, الثقلان or الثقلين, the two burdened entities, the two burdened or the two entities where the responsibility and the burden is upon. Who are these two entities where the responsibility and the burden is upon? The humans and the jinn. That is الثقلين from ثقل, meaning something heavy. The sharia is upon you. It is now a burden of responsibility upon you. That's why the humans and the jinn are known as the thaqalain, the two entities or the two creations where that burden of responsibility is on their shoulders. So, هم مكلفون مأمورون الله They have been commanded to worship Allah, the jinn. ومنهيون عن الله And they have been prohibited from disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mithlul ins, just like the humans. And that's why the scholars, they mention the sharia of the jinn is the sharia of the humans, what we implement. And if that is the case, the scholars have mentioned some of them, that when the humans go to do hajj, that is when the jinn go to do hajj, hajj now coming up in seven weeks, when the humans do hajj, the jinn do hajj. It is the same sharia. And in one of the biographies of one of the Sufyanain, I think, it was mentioned when he was giving a lesson and he was talking about all of the different sects, giving one of the salaf, giving a lesson, talking about the different sects and the groups and how they deviated. 
Then it mentioned in the biography at the end of the lesson, a jinni came up to him who had attended the lesson. And the jinni came up to him and said, everything you mentioned in your lesson about the khawarij and the rafidah and all these deviated sects, how they've gone away from the Quran and the sunnah, he said, we have the exact same problem in the jinn. We have the same problems in the jinn. There are deviated groups and deviated sects from amongst the jinn. There are those who are obedient to Allah. There are those who are disobedient. There are those who are believers. There are those who are kuffar. So the jinn, they are an alam. They are a creation, a world from amongst the worlds, from amongst the creations. And they are mukallafun. The burden of the sharia is upon them. And they live upon this earth. لَكِنَّنَا لَا نَرَاهُمْ But we do not see them. قَالَ تَعَالَى إِنَّهُ يَرَاكُمْ He sees you. Meaning Iblis. هُوَ وَقَبِيلُهُ He and his people, the jinn. مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا تَرَوْنَهُمْ They, the jinn, Iblis and the jinn see you, yet you do not see them. They see you from where you do not see them. فَهُمْ يَرَوْنَنَا نَحْنُ وَنَحْنُ لَا نَرَاهُمْ So they see us, but we do not see them. وَقَدْ يَتَصَوَّرُونَ بِصُوَرٍ مُتَشَكِّلَةٍ And the jinn can take different forms. يَتَصَوَّرُونَ بِصُوَرْ حَيَّاتٍ They can take the appearance and the form of snakes, وَبِصُوَرْ حَيْوَانَاتٍ And the appearances and forms of other animals, وَبِصُوَرْ آدَمِيِّينَ And they can come in the form of humans. أَعْطَاهُمُ اللَّهُ الْقُدْرَةِ عَلَى ذَلِكَ Allah has given them this ability to come into those various forms. وَهُمْ عَالَمٌ مَخْلُوقٌ مِنْ نَارٍ and they are a world, a creation made from fire. وَالْإِنسُ خُلِقُوا مِنَ الطِّينِ And as for mankind, we were created from clay. كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ صَلْصَالٍ كَالْفَخَّارِ These ayat in the Qur'an, they highlight how mankind was created from that clay. And خَلَقَ الْجَانَ مِنْ مَارِجٍ مِنْ نَارِ How they were created, the jinn from the fire or the smokeless fire. Jinn, the reason why they are called jinn, and I think the Shaykh mentioned this earlier in the book perhaps, jim and noon in the Arabic language, the root of jim and noon indicates al-istitar, concealment. Jim and noon, those two root letters, they indicate meanings of concealment. So the jinn are known as the jinn, obviously, because they are, from our eyes, concealed. And there are many other words in the Arabic language where that jim and noon, you will find it in there, in the root words, indicating concealment. The shaykh gives some examples here. Al-janin, the womb of the mother, the baby that grows in the womb of the mother. That is concealed. You don't see it with your eyes, the womb of the mother inside. And also, Al-Mijan, which is the shield. Because the shield conceals the warrior. 
conceals the fighter from the enemy arrows and other things being fired at him. And in the hadith, fasting is a form of concealment. It is a form of barrier and protection conceals you from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conceals you and gives you a barrier from sinning and wronging and from the whisperings of the shaitan. And in the ayah in the Quran, another example, فَلَمَّا جَنَّ عَلَيْهِ اللَّيْلُ رَأَى كَوْكَبًا جَنَّ عَلَيْهِ يَعْنِي غَطَّاهُ ظَلَامُ اللَّيْلِ When the night concealed, because when the darkness of the night comes, it conceals the affair. And you cannot see anything now. The darkness conceals everything. So Jim and Noon indicates concealment in the language. And that's why the jinn are known as the jinn. They are concealed from our eyes. فالحاصل, so the Shaykh says the point is خفي, The jinn are a concealed creation. لا نراهم, we don't see them. وهم يعيشون معنا, but they live with us on this earth. وهم مكلفون كما كلفنا بالأوامر والنواهي. And they have the burden of the Sharia upon them to obey Allah and stay away from the Haram, just like we have. So it reminds me of that story again. Always mention it when true story. One of the Mashaykhi narrated it when some brothers they were out camping. True story. They were out camping and one of them got lost from the rest of the group. And so he was wandering around in this jungle trying to find the rest of his group and his campsite, wandering around all day and darkness began to appear, Maghrib time. So he stops to pray Maghrib, stops, makes wudu, there's a lake or something and starts praying, lost by himself. But Maghrib is in, so he's going to pray Maghrib, then carry on looking for his group. He starts praying by himself, lost in the jungle, Gets to Waladhalin. All of a sudden, a big group behind him. Ameen. And there's nobody with him. He's lost his group. He don't know where they are. It was a group of jinn in the jungle. They saw him praying Maghrib. Let's pray. Jama'ah. Jama'ah. He's praying the Maghrib. Let's go join him. Group of jinn. Ameen. Behind him. True story. So they live amongst us in this earth. We do not see them, but they see us. And having iman in the jinn, it's an obligation. It's in the Quran. If you reject the jinn, you are rejecting ayat of the Quran. Having iman in the jinn, it is having iman in the unseen. Tasdiqan li khabarillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is uh, showing your belief in the Revelation that has come to us from Allah, what Allah has informed us of, and what the Messenger has informed us of, because the presence of the jinn is established in the Quran, in the Sunnah, and by consensus. And anybody who rejects the existence of the jinn, then he's a kafir. If you reject the existence of the jinn, you are rejecting the speech of Allah. Ayat in the Quran, Allah tells us about the jinn. You are rejecting the speech of the messenger, the ahadith, the ahadith, the sunnah, authentic, mentioned to us about the existence of the jinn. 
So it is kufr to reject the jinn. وَقَدْ ظَهَرَتْ And the shaykh, he goes on to speak about this affair slightly. He says, ظَهَرَتْ طَائِفَ مِنْ جَهَلَةِ الْأَطِبَّةِ كَمَا يَقُولُ الْإِمَامِ بْنُ الْقَيِّمِ وَكَذَلِكَ مِنْ بَعْضِ الْمُفَكِّرِينَ وَالْكُتَّابَ الْمُنْتَسِبِينَ لِلْإِسْلَامِ يُنْكِرُونَ وُجُودَ الْجِنَةِ That you get certain people, basically the academics, certain types of academics, certain types of individuals in their professions of medicine and science and development in their uh, knowledge in those affairs. And they say there cannot be any such existence of these spirits. That's just fairy stories. There cannot be these spirits living amongst us. That's just in the stories and the tales. So Ibn al-Qayyim refuted these types of thinkers, these types of academics who think they are too smart. And they say this kind of thing cannot exist. This is something established in the revelation itself. وَكَذَلِكَ الْجِنِّ يَمُسُّونَ الْإِنسِ وَيُخَالِقُونَهُمْ يَسْرَعُونَهُمْ And it is also established and known that the jinn can overcome a person, that they could enter upon a person, they could cause him to, to collapse and become unconscious. They can enter upon a person and they can affect a person. هذا شيء ثابت. لكن من جهلة الناس من ينكر صرع الجن للإنس. But there are the ignorant ones who refuse to accept this, and they think their science and their academic abilities and their smartness and all the developments in the world. They say, "What are you talking about? These are just stories. A spirit has overcome him. There's a spirit inside of him." But this is something in the revelation, in the Quran, in the Sunnah, established and proven. And there are many stories of that. We don't want to start on those stories. If you start on the stories of the jinn and all of the real proven stories, factual stories people have narrated regarding the jinn and different things that they have found uh, and statements and jinn speaking to them, various things. So that is something established and proven. So now then the shaykh, he mentions in the ayah where it says, when the humans were seeking protection in the jinn, to get safe passage in the valley. Zaduhum rahaqa. One of the meanings of that, like we said, Zad al jinnu al insa rahaqa. That the jinn became even more empowered, seeing how scared the humans are of them. And as a consequence, had even more ability to cause fear and create fear in the humans. A khawfan fal jinn tasallatu. تسلطوا على الإنس لما رأوهم يعوذون بهم وزادوهم خوفا وقلقا وأعجبوا بأنفسهم وقالوا إننا أخفنا الإنس وصاروا يستعيذون بنا وسبب نزول هذه الآية and the reason why this ayah was revealed he mentions it here now أن العرب كانوا في الجاهلية إذا نزلوا منزلا قال أحدهم that when in the olden times in Jahiliya they would be traveling etc and they were going to camp up the night in a valley and they knew the jinn would be there then they would seek uh, protection and do the isti'adha in the leader of those jinn so that he would keep them safe from the foolish of the jinn and the ignorant of the jinn from coming and harming them. So then Allah revealed this ayah. 
فهذه عقيدة جاهلية أبطلها الله سبحانه وتعالى بالأمر بالاستعاذة به وحده لا شريك له So this type of aqidah, seeking refuge in others besides Allah, you come to a valley and you're scared of the jinn, so you seek refuge in the jinn, instead of seeking refuge in Allah, then this is from the actions of shirk that Islam came to nullify. And so this ayah nullifies that type of action in seeking protection and seeking refuge and resorting to the jinn or others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in those affairs that only Allah controls. It is the decree of Allah if some harm is going to come to you or not. They cannot protect the harm from you or protect you from the harm or keep you safe from the anticipated harm. That is Allah who will keep you safe and keep the harm from you and decree what he decrees for you. So it is an act of shirk to do this and this is what they used to do. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that ayah highlighting the impermissibility of such actions. Then a Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab mentions this hadith which backs up this meaning and clarifies it further. The hadith of Khawla bint Hakim. She says, I heard the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, man nazala manzilan, that whomsoever descends upon a place, in the olden days, particularly when they would go out traveling, uh, they'd be traveling in the deserts and they'd be traveling in the mountains and valleys and you camp up for the night. Whomsoever descends upon a place, camps up on a place, stops at a particular place, and he says, that whomsoever ends up in some strange place and he says, I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah from the evil that he has created, then nothing will harm him until he departs from that place. Hadith in Muslim established a dua to be read. Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi Tafsir al-Qurtubi, al-Imam al-Qurtubi al-Andalusi. He says whenever he used to travel and whenever they used to camp up, they used to travel for knowledge, one country to another country. So on the way they would be camping up in strange places, in the deserts, in the valleys, in the mountains. He said whenever I used to travel, whenever we used to camp up, every night we camped up, I would read this dua. Then he says, and I don't know where, maybe in the tafsir at the beginning or somewhere, he mentions in either his biography or somewhere, one night he says, one night he says, I forgot to read the dua. One night they camped up somewhere when he was on his journey, he said, I forgot to read the dua one night. He says, that night of all of the nights, I was stung by a scorpion. That night, from all of the nights, he says, that night I was stung by something. From that night that he forgot to read the dua. So this is established to be read uh, and it is a means of seeking protection in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil. So a'udhu bi kalimatillahi tamat min sharri ma khalaq. Kalimatullah al-muradu biha kalamuhu subhanahu wa ta'ala al-munazzalu ala rasulihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I seek refuge in the perfect and complete words of Allah. 
meaning the revelation of Allah that came upon the messenger, the Quran, the Quran basically. وَالْإِسْتِعَاذَةُ بِالْقُرْآنِ مَشْرُوعَةِ So a person may say, how can you seek refuge in the Qur'an? When the whole point of the chapter was, you only seek refuge in Allah. Yet the hadith is telling us, you can seek refuge in the Qur'an. I seek refuge in the perfect and uh, complete words of Allah, the Qur'an. So how can that be possible and how do we understand that? The Qur'an... Is Kalamullah, is it one of the creations of Allah? It is not a creation. We do not say the Qur'an is created. The Qur'an is the speech of Allah. It is the attribute of Allah. So you are seeking refuge when you say in the perfect and complete words of Allah, then you are seeking refuge in Allah, the words of Allah. It is not one of the creations of Allah. That is a proof that the Qur'an is revelation, it is words of Allah, speech of Allah, attribute of Allah. Because if it wasn't, if it was a creation, from the creations of Allah, it would not be permissible for you to say, I seek refuge in it. It would not be permissible to say, I seek refuge in the words of Allah if they were created. So this is a proof as well, that the Qur'an is not created, it is the speech of Allah, the attribute of Allah. لِأَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ فَالِاسْتِعَاذَةُ بِالْقُرْآنِ اِسْتِعَاذَ بِصِفَةٍ بِصِفَةٍ مِنْ صِفَاتِ اللَّهِ وَهِيَ الْكَلَامُ وَلَيْسَتْ اِسْتِعَاذَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ And the scholars have mentioned from the impact of this dua, it's not just about when you go to some strange place and you make the dua in some valley, in some desert, and nothing will sting you from the scorpions or the, the snakes or the jinn. But even to the extent, scholars have mentioned in their explanations, even natural things like the wind, you will not be harmed by the wind that night. It will not be a strong wind that harms you and blows your fire out and your, your camp and you will be protected and safe even from those affairs. Protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَاسْتَدَلَّ أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ غَيْرُ مَخْلُوقٍ لِأَنَّهُ لَا تَجُوزُ الْإِسْتِعَاذَةُ بِالْمَخْلُوقِ So as we said there, Ahl-Sunnah have mentioned, this is an evidence proving that the Qur'an is not created. Because if it was, then it wouldn't be permissible to make this dua. The fact that it is, proves the Qur'an is not created. It is from the uh, attributes of Allah, the speech of Allah. And the meaning of the dua, أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ تَامَّتْ I seek refuge in the... Perfect and complete words of Allah, meaning as-sadiqat, al-adilat, allati la yatatarraqu ilayha naqs. Perfect and complete words of Allah where there is no deficiency in them. They are upon absolute justice, perfection and truth. لِأَنَّ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ كَامِلٌ The speech of Allah is absolutely perfect and complete. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ جَلَّوْ عَلَى كَامِلْ وَصِفَاتُهُ كَامِلًا Allah is upon perfection and His attributes are upon perfection. And you have the ayat in the Qur'an, وَتَمَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ صِدْقًا وَعَدْلًا That's the meaning here of a tamat. فَكَلِمَاتُ اللَّهِ تَامَّةٌ لَا يَتَطَرَّقُوا إِلَيْهَا نَقْصٌ بِوَجْهٍ مِنَ الْوُجُوهِ وَلِذَلِكَ كَانَ الْقُرْآنُ الْكَرِيمُ كَامِلًا لَا يَتَطَرَّقُوا إِلَيْهِ نَقْصٌ 
So the speech of Allah is upon perfection and no deficiency can come upon it. And that's the meaning of at-tamat. So the point here the Shaykh says, أَنَّ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ قَدْ دَلَّا عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْإِسْتِعَاذَةِ عِبَادَةِ The Qur'an and the Sunnah have indicated therefore that seeking refuge, it is an act of worship. وَمَا دَامَ أَنَّهَا عِبَادَةِ فَالْإِسْتِعَاذَةُ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ تَكُونُ شِرْكًا أَكْبَرِ يُخْرِجُ بِهِ صَاحِبُهُ أو يَخْرُجُ بِهِ صَاحِبُهُ مِنَ الْمِلَّةِ and if that is the case, that isti'adha is an act of worship, if you do it to others besides Allah, then you could end up in the major shirk that exits a person from the fold of Islam. So the people who go seeking refuge in the jinn and the shayateen, and the people they do that, they go and submit themselves to the jinn. They sacrifice for the jinn as we already covered. They do all of those things for the jinn to keep the jinn happy. And they seek refuge in the jinn, seeing the power to be in the jinn, seeking refuge in them and protection in them from the harms and the evils. And that is from the major shirk. And they write the names of these shayateen in there, like we discussed before in the papers in the talismans and other things like that. وَكَذَلِكَ الَّذِينَ يُنَادُونَ الْجِنَّ عِنْدَ الشِدَّةِ وَعِنْدَ الْخَوْفِ And some of them, they even call upon the jinn in times of great distress. When they're in distress or death is facing them, they call upon the names of the jinn to save them. So all of this type of activity, it is connected to this now, seeking refuge and protection and resorting to others besides Allah to remove harm or anticipated harm. And that is from the actions of shirk. <coughs> then the shaykh goes on to mention, he says, وَكَذَلِكَ الْأَنَعْمَى وَمِنْ هَذَا أَيْضًا مَنْ يَسْتَعِينُ بِالْجِنِّ عِنْدَمَا يَتَخَاصَمُ مَعَ أَحَدٍ فَيَقُولُ يَا جِنْ خُذُوهُ اِفْعَلُوا بِهِ كَذَا وَكَذَا وَهَذَا شِرْكٌ بِاللَّهِ إِذَا كَانَ يَقْصُدُ الْإِسْتِعَانَ بِهِمْ Also when the people seek help and assistance from the jinn, when they are in some debate or argument or uh, a problem with someone, they call upon the jinn to go and harm those people. And they call upon the jinn and say, go and get that person, do this to that person when they seek help and assistance from the jinn in this way, then all of these types of activities and actions, they are not permissible. And we're going to get to some of those in, uh, chapters which follow in more detail as well yet. Uh, the Shaykh also mentions the ayah, وَيَوْمَ يَحْشُرُهُمْ جَمِيعًا يَا مَعَشَرَ الْجِنِّ قَدْ اسْتَكْثَرْتُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ وَقَالَ أَوْلِيَاؤُهُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ رَبَّنَا اسْتَمْتَعَ بَعْضُنَا بِبَعْضٍ قال العلماء في تفسير هذه الآية استمتاع الإنس بالجن أنهم يستعيذون بهم مما يكرهون ويطلبون منهم ما يريدون فالجن تخدمهم وتحضر لهم الغائب والبعيد وتقضي بعض حوائجهم لأن هناك أشياء لا يقدر عليها الإنس فهم يستعيذون بالجن ويستمتعون بالجن يعني أن الإنس يستخدمون الجن في بعض أمورهم هذا استمتاع الإنس بالجن 
The ayah mentions about how the humans, they take uh, benefits from the jinn. How the humans, they take benefit from the jinn. And what it means is that the jinn have certain capabilities we do not have in terms of their movement, in terms of their speed, in terms of their power, strength, other things. So the humans, when they are incapable of something, they seek that help from the jinn to go and carry out certain tasks for them. And the jinn are able to do certain things and carry out certain tasks in speed that the humans are not able to do. It's like it's mentioned when something is lost, they call upon the jinn, find it. The jinn can go and search in a fraction of the time that a human could search everywhere and they go find that thing. So they seek this type of help from them. This is the humans benefiting from the jinn in that way, which is not correct. This is not correct. And as for the jinn, in return benefiting from the humans, or the jinn in return getting something back from the humans, what do they get back from the humans if they help them? They get the veneration of the humans. The humans then raise the jinn, have fear of the jinn, praise the jinn, worship the jinn even, prostrate to the jinn even. Like the magicians, the magicians submit themselves to the jinn, and then the jinn aid them and help them to do their affairs. When they used to fly on the carpets, flying on the carpets in the skies, the jinn used to take them up there, the magicians. The, the magicians flying up in the sky on their carpets, the jinn would be carrying them. Why would the jinn bother doing that? Because that magician then worships those jinn, prostrates to them, submits to them, does whatever they require of him. And again, true story, uh, in, uh, on one occasion, when the police, I think it was in Saudi Arabia, when they came across a magician, they found a magician, and where he lived, and they went, as we say now, they did a bust. The police went to his house, went into his house, into this magician's house. They realized where he is, his location. They went in, and it was there. They found the magician. And they found in his house, on the walls, pictures of what he had drawn. He had drawn pictures of nude women, and written ayat of the Qur'an on their bodies. This is what the shayateen of the jinn had informed him to do. And on top of that, they found, this is a true story, they found in the, in the house, in one of the rooms, a pile of feces. So that magician wasn't using the toilet. They had told him, here, you do it here every time. Pile of feces. And the magician is there, he has to stay there, sit there, sleep there, whatever. This is what the jinn require of him. Do these things. And bow to us and prostrate to us and write these pictures and ayat and make the degradation of the Qur'an. Do all of that, and we'll fly you up on the carpet. We'll make you be able to do all these wonderful things in front of the people. And they'll be amazed at how you can do this and how you can do that. This is the reality. So that's the haram type of relationship that the people upon these misguided ways and shirk have with the jinn, and why the jinn would help them in return. So even that, seeking this help and assistance from the jinn in that way, it is shirk, major shirk. So the obligation is that the people, the humans, must repent to Allah from these types of actions. What time is that? A minute. 
فالواجب على الجن أن يتوبوا إلى الله من إضلال الإنس وإغوائهم And as for the jinn, it is upon them to repent also To repent also from what they are doing And the activities that they engage in And causing the humans to then submit to them in this way By making the humans then uh, degrade the Quran Degrade the religion, abandon the prayer All of those types of activities that they engage in These mutual relationships they have then they are impermissible they are relationships of shirk that the jinn and the humans they aid each other the magicians and the sorcerers and their likes so that is the chapter today regarding al-isti'adah the next chapter is going to be al-isti'adah the next one will be al-isti'adah and al-isti'adah is very similar to al-isti'adha. Al-isti'adha is seeking protection and refuge before an evil occurs. Seeking a refuge and protection from an anticipated evil. Whereas al-isti'adha is seeking help and aid after the evil has occurred. So we'll do that chapter next week at 8 p.m. Insha'Allah ta'ala. And we'll conclude upon that for today.